Happy. Are we happy? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm happy. How can you not be happy when Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God the Father? Amen. How can we not be happy when I was 19 years of age, a knucklehead at Schiffensburg University? What are you laughing about? Because you, you, you work there, right? Okay. And Joe, where's Joe in the audience? I can't see. <laughs> Joe went there, Joe Ellen. There's Joe. And I was 19 years of age, and God started to pursue me. Um, and I had, a, I had a neighbor across the street who wanted me to come to meetings. And I, did, I went to church, but I didn't really understand what a Christian is. I thought they were weird, <laughs> to be honest. But God started to get a hold of me as a 19-year-old. And through a tremendous amount of circle of events, um, I didn't put my down payment on for my sophomore year at Shippensburg, and so I was going to get a roommate. I didn't really know who he was going to be, and his name was Greg. So I walked into my, apart my apartment, my dormitory room. I forget if it was Mallory or where I was up there. And uh, I walked in, and Greg, my roommate, had church bulletins all over the wall. <laughs> all over the wall with scriptures. And he was a good old Baptist boy. I think he said hello, but then his next question was, where are you at with the Lord? <laughs> so he didn't, he didn't mince words with me, and Greg was uh, a part of why I became a Christian, and God wooed me. You know, when God starts wooing you, when the Holy Spirit's after you, it's over. It's over. You can fight, you can claw. You can kick the goads, you can persecute the church, say nasty things. Look at the Apostle Paul. He was consenting to kill Christians. Go into their house, take them out, kill them. I don't think anybody in here has ever killed anybody. And yet God's grace pulled him aside. He said, why are you kicking against the goads? Why are you persecuting me, Jesus. He was so gracious. And Paul was blind for three days, led. And then he, his eyes were open. And he started proclaiming the gospel. Amen. You, everyone in here has a testimony. Wouldn't it be nice if everyone in here, Joe, could come up and give their testimony? But at time, we, it, 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 we can't do that. But all of us have a testimony. And you know, this verse has just come to me. Do you know in the Bible it says in Revelation 12, verse 11, that Satan comes night and day to accuse you to God the Father. Night and day. But the Bible says we overcome him by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Hallelujah. I am happy today. And the scriptures make me doubly happy today. Are you ready for some scriptures? We're going to talk about pleasure today. We're talking about being happy, and I've been a friend of Joe's uh, from our days at the worship center, and um, young man of God who I adore, who in some ways, he's going to be embarrassed when I say this, it's not the, I don't know if it's the right word, but in my heart, I kind of idolize you, Joe. You say, what? I'm 20 years older than Joe, 
I feel like I'm a father in the Lord. But here's a young man who got saved. His wife, Joellen, got saved, felt a calling from God, went to Regent University in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Pat Robertson's university, got two degrees, and God said to him, it's time. It's time. Right, Joe? It's time. And Joe Ellen agreed, and they started reality, and they gathered people up who had a vision. We, my wife and I, Tricia, my daughter Kara's here, and we lived in Hemfield, and I liked the idea of a church in the community. I liked his vision. I liked his love for people. And so I she asked, I, would you come? And I've been to the worship center from way, way back. And uh, great memories. Great memories. Friends with Don and Sam and Amy, you name it. But I felt to support Joe in this. Support people in Hemfield who need Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why we're here this morning. Because people need Christ. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that you and I, if you don't know what your calling is today, you're struggling with what God has for you today. And many of us do. I mean, I still struggle. I'm 60 years old. You'd think I'd figure it out. But no, I know I teach some. But what does God really want me to do? I'm going to give you a ministry today, free of charge. The gospel's free. It's free. You have been given the ministry of reconciliation. You are an able minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You speak by the manifold grace of God. Do we realize how valuable we are to our neighbors? Do we realize that someone's salvation could rest in the palm of our hands? And all God asks, He doesn't love degrees, love education. I study the Bible, you study the Bible. But all God wants all God needs is our willingness. Our willingness. Because even the Apostle Paul, who I live most of my beliefs and what I believe because of what this man Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote in this book. I believe the Bible. Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe it's the inspired Word of God? There are no exceptions. It is the truth. And Paul said, just God, pray that I may speak boldly as I ought. Just give me boldness. I don't really know what to say. I'm not really all that versed in the Scriptures. But I love you. And I love what you did on the cross for me. And I know when you were getting beaten and scourged, the Bible says in Isaiah, you couldn't even recognize Jesus. You look at him, and that's not the Jesus I know. That is Jesus. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that he endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. You know what that joy is? That joy is at 940 at Reality Church, Calvin has led us, and the ministry team has led us into worship. And we're going to share a little bit from the Word. 
And we're going to praise Him. And we're going to worship Him. And we're going to honor Him. And we're going to walk out of here. We're going to be able ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to put on the whole armor of God. We're going into warfare this year. Because someone we meet this week, not next week, Today, the Bible says in Psalm 27, today is the day of salvation. It's not tomorrow. It's not next Friday. It's not next Sunday. It doesn't only rely on Joe. It doesn't only rely on Josh. It relies on me. I am fully responsible for the gospel to someone else. Paul said, I am indebted to the Jew first. They're the called. They're the chosen. They're God's people. You and I are Jews by adoption. Hallelujah. You're a Jew by adoption. Secondly, the Greeks. But I am indebted, Paul said. I've become all things to all people so that I can win Christ. He said in the book of 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, he said, I beg you. I beg you to be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. I haven't even gotten into my subject yet. (laughs) We're in trouble. I'm psyched. I'm pumped. Are you pumped? It's the Word of God. Word of God just pumps you up. Out of my belly, just the the belly, our belly just flows rivers of living water. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I better talk about pleasure. I'm going to never. Joe's not going to ask me. Rosh, no, he asked me back. I don't shop much. (laughs) Matter of fact, I dread it. I buy. In, out, gone. But I had a little pleasure, if I may, diverse. When I was a little boy, well, I was 12 years old or 13, I was a Phillies fan. Philadelphia, anybody Phillies fans? Philadelphia, of course we are. Phillies are doing okay, baby. Harper's on high. He's hot. Not my money. <laughs> but they traded my favorite player. I'm 60 years old. Does anybody remember Dick Allen? That's probably very few remember Dick Allen. There you go. Thank you, Lamar. <laughs> This guy's old. So I'm rumbling through TJ Maxx, Mark, TJ Maxx, um, and I'm looking for some t-shirts and, and uh, sunglasses. Wouldn't you know it, when the Phillies traded Dick Allen, I became a Kansas City Royals fan. I guarantee, I be, how, many of you, how many of you actually know besides me now a Kansas City Royals fan? Anybody? Nobody knows a Kansas City Royals fan. Do they exist? What did I find? A replica jersey, $19.99. Not $20, $19.99. Does anybody want to guess what's on the back of this Kansas City Royals jersey? Number, number five, George Brett. George Brett. My favorite player of all time. I said, I got to have this. <laughs> So I got it. <laughs> George Brett. I always kid my Phillies fans, he's the greatest third baseman of all time. And the Philadelphia Phillies fans, you're nuts, it's Schmitty. Okay. So pleasure is a feeling of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. Happiness, delight, joy, gladness, rapture, glee, satisfaction, gratification. Fulfillment, content, contentedness, enjoyment, and amusement is pleasure. The word pleasure or pleasures is found 60-some times in the Bible. And I just wanted to go over a few key verses. Are they behind me? The meaning. The first key verse is 1 Timothy 6.17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they not be high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, 
but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So God gives us all things to enjoy. You want to go out and have a game of golf today? Go. Enjoy yourself. You watch the Phillies on television? Watch the Phillies. Unless your wife wants to go for a bike ride. Then you go for the bike ride. (laughs) I don't like that guy at all. (laughs) So the Lord wants us to enjoy life. And we should enjoy life more than all because we have, it's just a secondary thing to us. Having a relationship with Christ is number one. And that's just, that's just, that's a bonus. All the things that God gives us. But then in Hebrews eleven twenty five it says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So Moses recognized, I could, I mean, he was, a adoptive son of Pharaoh. He could have had anything. He could have been the Bill Gates adoptive son and had anything. All the money in the world, whatever he wanted. Education, riches. He was a powerful. He was handsome. He was smart. But something tugged at his heart. Something was tugging at his heart. He said, no, I'm not going to have pleasures of the world. I've got a job to do for God. And then in Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Our pleasure in life is at the right hand of God the Father. His name is Jesus. Paul said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. He said in Philippians, whatever state I am in, I have learned to be content. So let's look at a few scriptures that talk about pleasure in a positive note. Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God loves when you prosper in all phases of life, not just financially. Marital, relationship, friendships, church attendance, community, anything we put our hands to, the Bible says God blesses whatever we put our hands to. I've been in sales for 33 years. And the one verse in Proverbs 3 that I believe when I go into a sales, not all the time, but when I go into a sales call, particularly when I know I may not get the order. Anybody in sales? (laughs) I need help. (laughs) I have favor with God and man. I have favor with God and man. I believe that with all of my heart. All of my heart. When I go into an account, I have favor. In all of your business dealings, everything you do, God prospers the work of your hand. In Psalm 103, verse 21, Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you ministers of His who do His pleasure. We're doing His pleasure right now. Psalm 147, 11, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him, in those who hope in His mercy. I hope in God's mercy. And He takes pleasure in me for that. And He takes pleasure in you. Do you know God takes pleasure in you? Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) Me? Me? This is kind of an interesting verse. Ezekiel 18.23. Do I, God says, do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? 
says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? It's grieving to God when a sinner dies without accepting Christ. Well, he got what he, he, got what he, he deserved. No, he didn't. He did and he didn't. So the, the key for us is always never judge someone, but that Christ loves them. And then in Psalm 116, verse 15, the opposite is, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Because now they're with him for eternity. It's like Paul said, man, I'd rather go to be with the Lord. I've had enough. I've fought, I've tribulations, trials, shipwrecks, snakes biting him, cares of the world, cares of the church. But for your sake, for your sake, I'll stay. I love this verse, Luke 12, 32. One of my favorite verses. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to give you and me his kingdom. The Bible says all things that pertain unto life and godliness, God has given us. God has given something to you and to me. Listen to this. Is, it's almost too good to be true. But when I accepted Christ, when the grace of God came into my life and the Holy Spirit said, it's your time, what are you going to do with Jesus? Because he asked every human being, what are you going to do with Jesus? When he said, you got to drink my blood and you got to eat my flesh. And the disciples looked at them and looked at each other and say, what is he talking about? I'm not going to eat his flesh and I'm not going to drink his blood. But we know what he was talking about now because it's 2,000 years later. I wasn't in the moment. But Peter said, and they all left. They all left except Peter. How about you, Peter? How about you, Zach? Are you Josh? What are you going to do? <laughs> Where am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. And he does that to every one of us. Where are you going to go? Where, I'm not going anywhere. My name is written, written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. I'm here. I'm with you. You're stuck with me, God. The Bible says he's not ashamed to call you and me his brother. If we knew, we can't know fully, as the Bible says, the breadth and the depth and the depth of God's love, we, we, we can't comprehend it. The Bible says, Paul said, we look in a dark glass darkly. We only know so much. And yet, I think we're going to be astonished at how much God loves us. Paul said, I'm, I take pleasure in all the things that have happened to me in my life. And Josh mentioned this, I believe, Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You and I are his workmanship. We're his pleasure. He loves us. You know, Paul said an interesting thing. You know, we, we're human beings. We look at people. We make judgments. 
We eye someone up. We think we know them. But Paul didn't. He didn't do any of that. All he said was, is that all I know is a man in Christ. All he saw was the goodness of Christ in a human being. All he saw was the gifts and callings of God. That's why I said to Timothy, stir up. Stir up the gifts and callings in your life. God wants us to stir up our gifts and our callings. Don't ever, don't ever think that you are a, not a valuable part of God's kingdom. You are extremely valuable to God. You are precious to God. So some of the other side of pleasures that we look at. It says, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. And this is the parable of the sower of the seed. In verse 14 of Luke 8, it says, And that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. 2 Timothy 3, 4, Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, and that refers to the last days. Proverbs 6.27. See, God wants us to enjoy, wants us to be happy, wants us to enjoy things, wants us to have pleasures. But it gets a little dicey. It's a little dicey in life. Get to the edge, like I am right now. I hope I don't fall. We get to the edge. Proverbs Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? You can't do it. Cannot do it. You cannot play with sin. You can't do it. The Bible says to Cain, Cain. Sin knocks at your door. It desires you. It wants you. It wants to rule over you. It wants to have its say. But you do not have to give in. Ever to sin. Ever. Let not, the Bible says in Romans, let not sin rule and reign in your mortal bodies. You are dead to sin. You can't flirt with your coworker. You can't do it. I don't care how your marriage, a little rough, a little patchy, things aren't going well, do not flirt at work. You'll get burned. Men, it's late, your wife's in bed, children's in bed, the computer is sitting right beside you. Do not do it. Well, it's easier said than done. The Bible says 
in Luke, excuse me, John 10, verse 10, that the thief cometh, but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And here's the key. The Bible says that Satan cometh. The Bible does not say that Satan steals, kills, and destroys. It says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I just, I don't know why I never really caught that. He has no authority. He's called the tempter. Tempter. Sin was found in him, Jesus said. He, the sin comes from him. When he lies, he speaks a lie because he's a liar. The Bible says, don't be ignorant of the devices of Satan. And he knows you very well. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what ticks you off. He knows what gets to you. He knows your patterns. He's looking for an opportunity. The Bible says in Galatians 6, verse 13, that there's coming an evil day and he will come. He'll leave you alone. You're an alcoholic. If you're an alcoholic, you cannot touch alcohol. Well, that's a small little bottle of wine. Just a little drink. No. He'll come. But he's a tempter. You don't have to give him anything in life. Do you know the Bible says in 1 John that we're born again of the incorruptible seed of God? Now think about this a minute. This is going to kind of blow us away. <laughs> My spirit man, which is alive unto God, when, I'm, when I accept what Christ has done on the cross, and I believe he died on the cross and resurrected from the dead, and I say with my mouth, he is Christ the Lord. The Holy Spirit takes me in my spirit man, and he re regenerates my spirit man, and I become a new creature in Christ. I'm born again. That's what happens. And I, my spirit man is impregnated with God's seed. Just like Mary was impregnated with God's seed, I cannot sin. My spirit man. Can't do it. My spirit man, he can't sin. I'm born of God. God can't sin. Now, I have flesh. The law of sin and death is always working against me, Paul said. Oh, wretched man that I am. And the Bible says if I say I don't have sin, I'm a liar. I need to confess my sin. But I don't have to give in to sin. Paul said... Don't let it abide in you. Don't become a slave to it. And in James 1, 13 through 15, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. And I know Josh and Job have been talking about death. The wages of sin is death. Death is never, never means a cessation of existence. It always means a separation from God. 
And when we sin and we get into pleasures we know we shouldn't get into, it hurts us. We don't like ourselves. It hurts relationships. It hurts our marriage. It hurts our children. And we do things that we know we shouldn't do, and we do them anyway. The Bible says in Romans 2.15, our conscience either accuses us or excuses us. I don't have to stand up here and tell you what's right and wrong. The Holy Spirit will do that for you. Or your wife. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Kind of. Just joking. That was just a little, little. Just kidding, ladies. Just kidding. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Looking, wherefore, here we are. Let's say I have an issue. Let's just say that there's something in my life right now that I'm struggling with. I really am. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all points, like we are, yet without sin. He was a man. Mary was his mother. Joseph was his father. He had brothers and sisters. He was a carpenter. Who knows what he did from 12 to 18, 12 to 30. We don't know. But at 30, he said, it's my time to start the ministry. He was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that there's no temptation such as common to man. Every, everything I'm tempted with, you're, you may be tempted with. Somebody's being tempted. There's no, there's no temptation that isn't common to man. The Bible says God will make a way of escape. I'm in a tough doo-doo here, Brother Bill. I'm in a doo-doo. <laughs> Well, I don't know what your doo-doo is, but God makes a way of escape. But if you're challenged right now, we probably all are. Wherefore, Hebrews 12, 1, 2, Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Go to the throne. Walk right in. Go to Jesus. He's, he knows. And here's what helped me. We probably have heard that grace is God's unmerited favor, and it is. But what grace also is, is the will to do the right thing. That's grace. And so if I have an issue, I have a sin, I have a problem, I have something, I'll tell the Lord because he already knows. Lord, I enjoy this. I'm enjoying this sin. Well, you don't tell God that. What? God, I enjoy the sin. Secondly, forgive me and take the desire away and give me the desire to do the right thing. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, verse 18, or 18, verse 25, that you will always have mercy with God if you're honest. 
you will always have mercy with God if you are honest. Because it affects his relationship with us, not his relationship with me, but my relationship with him. He knows I don't have the confidence when I'm in that situation. I'm, my confidence is, the Bible says, don't throw away your confidence. Hebrews 11 has great recommends of reward. So get rid of it. Don't do it. Recognize you want to do it. Confess it. Ask for grace. And do exactly what Galatians 5.1 says. Exactly what Galatians 5.1 does. Galatians 5.1. And I'm not going to tell you what it says. <laughs> That's your homework. That's your, I'm a teacher. I was a teacher for five years. I'm sorry. I like to give homework out. One verse. You can, one verse. I'm going to uh, close with Ecclesiastes. Solomon, preacher, king, son of David, the Bill Gates of his time, a thousand concubines and wives. I don't know how. I can't explain that. Wineries, horses, he had it all. Have you read Ecclesiastes? The very first verse of Ecclesiastes. Okay, this is a man who had everything. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Vanity, that which is empty without permanent value, that which leads to frustration. And then he said in Ecclesiastes, Chapter 2, verse 1. Solomon said, I said in my heart, come now, I will test thee with myrrh. Therefore, enjoy pleasures. And behold, this is also a vanity. And he concluded the book of Ecclesiastes with these words. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. God loves us to enjoy life. He loves us to have pleasures. He has pleasure in us. But we have to be careful when those pleasures come into sin and get a hold of us. But there's a solution. It's called the throne of grace. The throne of grace. He's so wonderful, isn't he, Jesus? He sits there right now, the Bible says, and he prays for us all the time. Hebrews 7.25. What a great Jesus. What a great Lord. What a great Savior. Can we bow our heads? Oh, God. You are so rich in mercy to us. You see a congregation here, Lord, I truly believe with all of my heart, with great leadership, that love you, that have a heart for you, that want to please you, that want to do a great work in this community. It's really only the beginning, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for all that's been happening at Reality Church. We thank you for all who attend and those who will attend. We all love you, Lord. We just love you and we praise you for what you did for us. But every once in a while, we have a sin, we have a weight that encumbers us. 
but yet your throne is always available to us. You, you feel our feelings. You we're tempted at all points. So we look unto Jesus. We look unto you, Lord, today. We're going to be honest with you. We're just going to confess and move on. And do exactly what you told us to do in Galatians 5.1. We love you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much, Josh and Joe, for allowing me to share. Uh, that is the end of the, uh, the message, the service. If you'd like to come forward and talk to myself or a prayer person about your relationship with Christ, to start a relationship with Christ, to maybe get it back on track with Jesus, or maybe you do have a weight or a sin that just seems to boggle you down. The Bible says to confess our faults one to another. We're all in the same boat, brother and sister. We're all fighting the battle. It's called the good fight of faith. A good fight, though. Amen? A good fight. Amen. Have a great day.